0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby Say Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Uh, I- I've been telling uh, uh, a story about how I got in a tizzy. Uh, I was picking up my son from elementary school one day and and Gary called, and he said, hey, we got a doctor, a calf, can you come help? And I'm like, because uh, I had you know how you plan everything out, and you're like, oh, I've got to go get a tire, and I did need to go get a tire, because they were going to be closed like for the next four years or something, and so I had to go that afternoon, and it's way over there, and I had other stuff to do, and it's already three o'clock, and Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, I told Gary, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So, I went in, and I didn't even wait for the bell to ring. I went in, and I, and I, and I grabbed my son, and, and here we come to the ranch. And uh, it, it's a really good story if you want to go back and 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 uh, listen to it, download our mobile app or uh, where you can listen to the podcast. But anyway, so I get out to the ranch, and man, if something could go wrong, it would. I couldn't get the trailer hooked up, and then I couldn't get my horse loaded, and you know how you start second-guessing yourself. So I finally make it out to uh, where Gary's waiting. And you can tell the calf didn't feel good because uh, him and the, the calf and his mama are kind of separated themselves from the, from the rest of the herd. And so anyway, I jump out and I unload my horse. And I tell my, my seven-year-old son that we got from China in May, I said, you just wait in the truck. And he said something. I don't know because he don't speak English that great. And so he said something. I was like, yeah whatever, and so I, I cinch up, and I lope a couple of circles to get him warmed up, and then we go to rope this calf, okay? Now, there's yucca everywhere out there, and trying to chase a calf through solid yucca and stay on your horse and rope it by the two hind feet it is just nearly nearly impossible, you know, and I, I, I was tied on hard and fast, and so anyway, you know, I got up there, and I got real close to him, and, and, and I threw, and I, I didn't catch him, and I, you know, gathered back up, and you know, my horse is jumping uh, yucca, and dodging yucca, and the calf's running up and down in gullies, and it, it's pretty, it's pretty rank, and so I throw again, and it catches on a yucca, and I throw again, and I miss, and I throw again, I don't even hit nothing, I don't hit a yucca, I Air ball, right? Just whoa, uh. and man, I'm already in a tizzy. I've already had a bad day. Nothing's going as planned. You know, Gary's kind of chasing me around, and I can see my son sticking his head out the window, yelling, "Hey, Baba!" You know, and nothing is working, right? And I remember I, I, I stopped and I recoiled my rope, and I sat there, and you you know that feeling. When nothing is going right, you're trying so hard to do the right thing. And, and I, I just, I, I literally, I just sat there for a second. And I thought, what is the matter with me? What is the matter with me? And I realized that the problem was not with my roping. The problem was my attitude. Now, I know none, none of you alls ever had a problem with your attitude, okay? This is solely for skinny cowboys that preach, Okay, they're the only ones that have an attitude problem, getting a tizzy and get angry and start rushing stuff and then start blaming other things and, and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I realized that part of me, Gary was watching. And Gary's one of my best friends in the world. And, and, and I have to say this, Gary, while I'm up here. I joke around about Gary's age a lot. Let me tell you why. You ever seen the biggest dude in the room and his nickname is Tiny. I laugh about Gary's age, if I can do half of what that man can do at his actual age as he can right now, he's one, you're one of the most phenomenal people I've ever met. There ain't an ounce of quit in him, and you know, it, it literally is. I joke about him being old because I really don't think he's as old as he says he is. Because I've seen him outwork me, and I'm 23, Okay. So, I just, I just want to make that clear. I joke a lot about his age, but it's more of a backhanded compliment, if that kind of makes sense, that, that that dude is amazing. He's learning new things, he's an inspiration to me, and that was one of the problems. He had called and asked for my help, and I wasn't helping him any, but I realized that I wasn't there to impress Gary, Okay, not that not that I could ever do anything to impress Gary, because that's not the type of man that Gary is. But I, I realized that I wanted to go out there and I wanted to look good in front of Gary. That was the first time that my son had been with us out in the pasture in the truck, and he's watching. And so bad I wanted to go up there and just walk, you know, like. Ty does, or Sean does, or Robert does, and, you know, that's what I wanted. But I realized that, that most of my anxiety was, what were other people going to think? And that's not the right attitude to have. The goal wasn't to look like a top hand, but to doctor a sick calf. Here's a sick calf, and I'm chasing this thing all over the place, trying to impress people. That's not the right goal to have. I didn't need to be Fred Whitfield. I needed to be Kevin Weatherby and to take care of the stuff that God called me to do. That's who I needed to be. So all of this stuff runs through my head as I'm sitting in the pasture, it's cold. The Weatherby family has this genetic mutation that if it drops below about 50, I've got about three inches of snot that hangs down off the end of my nose and I got four inches right now, right? And so I'm, and I okay. So I just took a deep breath, and I said a little prayer. I said, God, I don't know what's going on inside of me, but help me to have the right type of attitude. Do you know you 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 have given us this ranch. To, to, to run. It's not ours, it's yours. You've given us this cattle through, through great people that have, have donated, and, and we are also caring for other people's cattle that are helping us pay the bills, and it's, it's, your respon- it's my responsibility that you've given me. Help me to do that responsibility. Now, I'm not going to say that that was the prayer word for word, but that was the gist of it, right? And so I took a deep breath, and I kind of felt that Calm, peaceful. Come over and gathered up them reins and got that loop ready. Here we go. And I come up and I throw. And I tell you what, you have never seen a prettier loop go down there, wrap around two hind feet, back up, and pull that slack, and let that horn knot get tight lay that old calf down, you've never seen anything like it. And if you'd have been out there that day, you wouldn't have seen it then either. (laughs) Because that didn't happen. What happened was I go barreling out through there, and I'm trying to hang on because my horse is jumping yucca and everything, and I just throw this wild shot, and it lands in a yucca about two and a half feet to the right of the calf that I'm trying to rope. And I went, oh, and I kind of pulled back on butthead. And and anyway, that calf turned a 90-degree angle and ran. And I kid you not, Ask Gary, it jumped through my loop, and both front feet went in the loop. And I pulled the slack, and it went, boop, and laid down. (laughs) Glory be to God, because it was his loop, not mine. Gary rides up and he goes, you didn't do that on purpose. I said, did I? (laughs) I said, it's going to be a sermon. You know it's going to be a sermon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Greatest shot ever made. Gary was there to see it. Wouldn't have rather been with anybody else. We're talking about the seven habits of highly effective cowboys. Today we're on habit number three. The third habit of a highly effective cowboy is you would be amazed at how a right attitude leads to a right action. Right attitude leads to right action. Because you can't get to your right destination going the wrong direction, can you? You can't doctor the right calf by roping the wrong cow. You're not going to get anything accomplished. I've I've tried that at a roping before. Number 142 and rope number 9,000 or something, you know. It, just, it, it doesn't work, and it just creates longer. You, you, you can't doctor the right calf by, by, by roping the wrong calf. You won't make a good horse with bad riding. Think about that. You won't make a good horse by bad riding. Right action or right attitude leads to right action. You won't land a great shot with a figure-eight loop, Okay? And you would be amazed, you know, you, you hear about me being talking about this ranch rope that I'm learning where you use these big old loops and everything. You would be amazed at how dumb I am because sometimes I'll be trying to throw a turnover and that, that last little deal before I throw it, it'll figure eight and I'll throw it anyway. And you know what happens? Nothing. Nothing happens. Right attitude leads to right action. In Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, Paul talks about right attitude. He says that the right attitude for cowboys, he says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit, are your hearts tender and compassionate? That's Philippians chapter two, verse one. Let me put that into easier to digest words. Paul is asking, do you want to be lifted up instead of feeling dragged down? He says, don't you want to be tied on to God's love instead of being dragged to death by the world's hatred? Don't you want to feel like you belong to a crew of top hands? Is your heart prepared for what God will unleash in your life? Let me read it again now that you've got that. Paul is asking, do you want to be lifted up instead of feeling dragged down? Don't you want to be tied onto God's love instead of being dragged to death by the world's hatred? Don't you want to feel like you belong to a crew of top hands, and is your heart prepared for what God will unleash in your life? Now here's what the Bible verse said, keep that in mind. Is there any encouragement for belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Okay. And then he goes on to say, and this next part, this is what we want to strive for. This is the goal that we're going to try to work towards right here. Paul says, then make me truly happy. Now, you have to understand, Paul was a guy that started a lot of churches, okay? So he was constantly telling people how to have the right attitude and how that right attitude will lead to right action. And you think church is a mess? In the in the 21st century? Tr- try it in the 1st century, you know, when we didn't, they didn't even have the New Testament, okay? They didn't go down to Barnes and Nobles. My wife just went, because ah, it's not Nobles, it's Noble, but that's the way I say it. Uh, you know, they didn't go down there and get their new living translation of the Life Application Bible that I recommend. They didn't have it. So this was a wreck. So Paul was constantly, you know, he's writing a letter to the Philippian church, and he says, Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Now, does that sound like the churches you've been a part of? (laughs) Let me read that one more time. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Doesn't sound like many churches I've belonged to. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive for it, though, as a group of cowboys and cowgirls. Because isn't that what cowboys, a cowboy crew does? I mean, a cowboy crew must agree with each other. You, you don't have to have, you, you don't have to do things, and, and God reveals this between me and Ty all the time. I mean, you know, Ty does it wrong and I do it with him. You know? <laughs> That's not true. That is not true. You know, Ty does it one way and I do it another. Ty dallies and, and, and I grew up kind of tied on. Okay? That doesn't mean that we can't have differences of opinion, but what unites me and Ty's way of cowboying is one goal, and that goal is always to take care of the stock. Okay? A cowboy crew must agree with each other. You can have different opinions and still agree on the outcome. Ty's the cow boss. When he's out there, I learn a lot of humility because, you know, I think we're going to do this, and Ty goes, no, we're going to do this, and I'm like, okay, hmm, you know, because I'm a control freak just like he is, you know? And I I know the same way, you know, I'm the boss in this setting, and I do things totally opposite but the but the fact is he's one of my best friends and it's not our it's not our differences that drive us apart it's actually brought us closer together because I get to learn new stuff and and he gets to learn new stuff and we get to help each other grow and it's great so you can have differences of opinion you can have different ways of doing things but you can still come together whenever you have a common purpose and when you are both clear on that common purpose you have to love one another you know i mean if if you're not willing to take care of the cowboy that's flanking you man go home seriously because if you're going to ride next to me i want to know that i can depend upon you i'm not saying that you have to do everything right but if you're going to flank me or i'm going to flank you i'm going to be there for you i mean we were riding across the pasture the other day and and uh Uh, day working and fall works and this is one guy's horse man he busts in two and 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 here here's two cowboys that, that come in to to see if we could help him you know and and you know laughter will keep your butt in the seat okay we had to get close so he could know that we could hear him or that we could see what was happening and we could encourage, and and you know we did laugh about it. we were like, "Woo, yeah, yeah!" We had to get closer look, you know, in case he fell off. We could run over him, and you know no, that's not true. That's not true. But we must love one another. Look around you. Love these people. You don't have to agree with everything that they do. As a matter of fact, you probably don't. So just accept that. You don't have to agree with somebody. You know what the definition of a bigot is? A bigot is somebody that doesn't like somebody else based upon their opinion on a subject. <laughs> I will. I, I hope that I am never a bigot. Never a bigot. That I would not love somebody based upon their opinion. They killed Jesus, and he said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." Yeah, we get all bent out of shape because somebody's going to vote for somebody that we don't like. Shut up. Stop the stupid. Love one another and work together with one mind and purpose. It's about a common goal. This group that we're a part of, and I'm including y'all on the internet, and y'all on the radio, God is bringing us together for one mind and one purpose where we can agree wholeheartedly that we can love each other, not because of our similarities, but because of our differences, because we are the body of Christ. Some people, my wife says all the time, that she's the big toe in the body of Christ. She brings balance. I'm the mouth. <laughs> you know? And, and some of you are the hands. You're the workers. Some of you are the brains. I haven't met you yet, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm joking sometimes. Right attitude for cowboys. And then what we're striving for, that, that common purpose of agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working for one purpose Man, that sounds good, don't it? Yeah, that sounds great. How do we do that? Well, luckily, Paul doesn't leave that out. First, he says in, cha- in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, he says, Don't be selfish and don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. What does that mean? It means this. <sighs> this is going to be real tough for you guys, and believe me, I had to pray a lot about this before I said it. It's not a contest, okay? And, and guys, I'm with you, man. We make everything a contest, right? I mean, at my house, we're going to make a contest out of getting out of the truck or getting in the truck or, you know, my gosh, you know, everything is a contest. But, but seriously, uh, w- once you get all the fun and games out of it, we're not here to try to impress other people. When you're out there roping, a lot of times when you start missing, you start getting angry and everything because secretly inside, we want others to be impressed with us. Paul says right here, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. It's not a contest between me and Ty of who's the better cowboy. I'm just thankful that I get to ride with one of the best cowboys I know. There are about four of them on the front row that I get to ride with. It's not a contest. We don't go around trying to impress everybody. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourself. It's not a contest to see who is best. It's a battle between you and yourself. Isn't that what humility is? It's a battle between you and yourself. You and yourself. Constantly, man, pushing that, that demon down of, of pride and ego and, and what we want and what I think and what I wanna do. Man, that's a battle. It's not a contest between you and somebody else. It's a battle within and that's what Paul says. Don't be selfish, don't try to impress others be humble thinking of others is better than yourself you want right attitude to lead to right action then that's it right there don't be selfish don't try to impress others be humble thinking of others is better than yourselves and then in the next verse he says this don't look out for only your own interest but take an interest in others too i'm going to tell you one of the hardest lessons i've ever learned and it's been real recent it's been real recent don't look out for only your own interests but take an interest in others two, you need to learn to be who you are, not who you aren't. Because I think that if we all kind of look deep within our inside ourselves, you've been pretending, hadn't you? Because I know I had been. I've been pretending. You've been pretending. And you know what that pretender does? That pretender gets in the way between right attitude and right action. Because you'll never get the right action by pretending to be somebody else. Your best interest is to be who God made you to be. Paul says, don't look out only for your own interests. He said, don't look out for your own interests. He said, don't look out only for your own interests. Okay, your best interest is to be who God made you to be. Not this pretender, Halloween's over man, take off that mask. Be who God made you to be be that person, and help others. It's the only way to actually be effective. We are talking about seven habits of highly effective cowboys. You want to be a highly effective cowboy, be who God made you to be, and be that person, and use that person to do what God tells you to do. See, for a long time, I pretended to be the husband that I thought my wife wanted to be married to. I pretended to be the type of husband. I made up this fictional character that I thought she would love, and it created so many problems. And the harder I tried to be that man that I thought that she loved, the worse it got. But in actuality, being the husband that God called me to be is who she wanted me to be. I was working so hard at being somebody else when all she really wanted was me to be who God called me to be. Maybe you've been doing that same thing with your husband or with your wife, that you've been being somebody else, not who God called you to be, and you're wondering why your life is filled with strife and stress and and worry and hatred and all of this stuff. Man, Let that pretender go. I was trying to be the dad that I thought my kids needed me to be, and it nearly cost my relationship with them, because I had this, this character of what a good dad should be, and I tried really hard to be that when actually all I needed to be was the dad that God called me to be. Not who society says is a good dad or not who the Bible Belt churches says is a good dad, but a dad that will be there for his kids that can accept when they, when they do things wrong and, and be there for them when they do things wrong and, 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 and celebrate with them when they get it right, which is 90% of the time. You've got to be the man that God called you to be. You've got to be the cowgirl that God called you to be. And being the preacher that I thought y'all would like nearly cost me my ministry. Always walking around scared that I was going to offend somebody if I said something. And then letting it build up and then I explode. Oh my gosh. I can't be the preacher that y'all think that I should be. I can only be the preacher that God called me to be. And that's enough. That's more than enough. Being the cowboy that God called me to be is the only way Save the Cowboy will grow. I told you about Gary couple of weeks ago i called him and and he didn't answer and he called me back and he's like you want to have breakfast tomorrow and i mean my stomach turned over because you know what i told gary one of my best friends in the world i told him no i said no nope, but thanks and that was the end of it you know what that dude did he loved me anyway i ain't talked to ty for a week came up to me this morning i've been day working every single day he come up to this morning he said you doing okay yep well i hadn't talked to you yeah i know i've been busy i know You ain't got to talk to me every day for me to love you. That's the way it's supposed to work, people. That's the way it's supposed to work. And it's not just the way it's supposed to work between me and Gary and Ty. It's the way it's supposed to work between you and your wife. And it's supposed to work between you and your friends. You be the man that God called you to be. And you'll be amazed at how your life will turn around. Right attitude leads to right action. The third habit of a highly effective cowboy is just that. Right attitude leads to right action. The right attitude is being who God called you to be and using, cow- using that cowboy, the, God- the cowboy that God called you to be, using that cowboy to help others. The right attitude doesn't see who is best among our peers, but who has overcome their own selfish ways. Okay? We're not out to try to impress anybody. We're out to be the man that God called us to be. Only with this attitude will we begin to agree with each other, love each other, and work towards the same goal. Then you will be lifted up by God instead of being dragged down by the world. You will experience love and peace instead of worry and hatred. You will ride with a crew of top hands, all working towards the same purpose of gathering the lost, bringing back those that have strayed away, bandaging those that are injured, and strengthening those that are sick. That's what we're going to do that's what God said to do. We're all going to work towards that purpose, and we're going to do it in a myriad of different ways, and we're going to love each other, and and it's going to be okay if somebody does it a little different than we do it, as long as we're working towards that same goal. Right attitude leads to right action. In other words, you will be a highly effective cowboy on the Long X Ranch, and that's just a way that we call the kingdom of God. And it's not the place three miles down the road, it's that place that we live in our hearts that governs everything that we do. When we get up in the morning, man, we cowboy for God, and it don't matter if we're going to teach a class or or go to a class or wait tables or build something or train something or whatever the case may be, answer a phone. We are all cowboying on the Long X Ranch every single day. We are part of the kingdom of God. In other words, you will be a highly effective cowboy on the Long X Ranch. You will have to be deliberate. You will have to be diligent. And you will have to be dedicated. Because you're not going to be a Christian. You're not going to be a top hand in the kingdom of God or on the Long X Ranch by accident. Okay? Okay. You're not going to wake up one day and, and stumble. I didn't even realize it. I'm a great Christian now. Dad gum. It ain't going to happen. You've got to be deliberate. You've got to be diligent. And you have to be dedicated. You know what? Church people quit when it gets hard. Cowboys quit when the job's done. Pick. Pick wisely. We got everything doctored. And I ran over and picked up the tire. Because we were down one ve- we were down to one vehicle and we had to go two separate ways. So I got home, and I did what any good cowboy does. I waited till the next morning to do it, right? And it was negative 9,000 degrees outside. Coldest, I mean, it wasn't really cold, it was like 20. But it's been 100, right? And so I go out there, and I roll the tire over, and I had a great idea before I went to China that I would grab Gary's tiller and till up the yard, and I have the nicest crop of goat heads that you've ever seen in your life. So I'm rolling the tire, and I'm getting goat heads all in my hand, and it's 42 degrees below zero. So I'm, I got that good attitude, right? Everything's okay. It ain't no big deal. And so I get over there, and I get the car, You know, the, the car's still jacked up, and I wheel that tire, over there, and I put it on there, and then I realized, oh my gosh, could this have happened at a worse time? Little tiny sonic ice cubes were flowing down my face. I wasn't crying a lot, just a little bit, because I was cold. My hands were full of goat heads, and if you'll come back next week, I'll tell you why. The cowboy has molded and shaped our country by the sweat of his brow and his faith in God. Slowly, his way of life has been labeled as outdated and obsolete, if that wasn't enough. Religion has tried to change his view of the God he experiences every day. The rough hands of the carpenter's son have been replaced with silver tongues and promises of an easy life. But the cowboy knows better. His way of life is slowly dying. No longer do people keep their word. No longer is a handshake all you need. He searches for men who act like men and ladies who act like ladies. He is one in a thousand and he needs your help. For just $35 a month, which is one one one-thousandth of the average yearly salary, you can be part of saving the cowboy's heritage, saving the cowboy's faith and his livelihood. You too can help save the cowboy. Just text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977 and be a part of something extraordinary.